This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 69 with Joette Calabrese. This is Joette Calabrese, and I'd like to welcome you to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. Women and men worldwide are taking back control of their family's health and learning how to heal their bodies naturally, safely, and effectively. So, if you're hungry to learn more, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned as we give you the tools and the inspiration you need as I share my decades of experience and knowledge using this powerful medicine we call homeopathy. Hey, Joette, how are you today? I'm doing well, Kate. How about you? Well, I'm overwhelmed, actually. My mom, who had a severe stroke in December, is struggling today. And there are so many... Today? No, you and I have been (laughs) in close touch regarding this. And no, maybe she's struggling again after making some real headway. Oh, yeah, that is it. And, you know, I have to remind myself that our health isn't a linear graph. Right. Like you say all the time, Joette, it is ups and downs, and it's never going to be perfect. And it's two steps forward, one and seven tenths backwards, and then two (laughs) steps, another five steps forward, and then four and a half steps backwards. So we're always looking for the net gain. So excuse me, we're kind of going off on a tangent. It's not really what we'd planned on talking about, did we? Right. No, we had a whole podcast planned, but after chatting for a few minutes, we thought it might be helpful for the people who listen to your podcast to kind of walk along a journey with us and hear about how health can be a struggle. It can be super high when we find that right remedy and our health is changed and it can be a low when we're trying to figure out what to do and especially the emotional roller coaster, Joette. That is what I have found difficult. And I think you have a few things to help me. Well, I'll I'll do my best, but I've decided that life's a tragedy. Just Mm -hmm. give it up. Life is just a big tragedy. And if you can avoid some here and there, so you get some time in between to enjoy your family and your life and the sunshine and the birds and your, you know, etc., then you've kind of made it. But basically it's a tragedy. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I just lost my father a year and a half ago. It was just, it's a killer. And, you know, he was going to be 91. It's not like he hadn't had a nice long life, but it still hurts a lot. Yeah. And so, I was telling you earlier, and I never finished the story because then we decided, you know, this is what we ought to be discussing. So I was saying earlier that just about a week ago, I had gotten some news from a friend of mine that she has cancer and she's a very dear friend. And that normally does not scare me. In fact, it didn't scare me. It just took the wind out of my sails. And, you know, I listen to people's sufferings all day long, every single day, except Sundays and sometimes even Sundays. And then right after that, I was going through my phone and I saw my father's phone number and I pushed it to dial it. And I was bracing myself thinking, oh my gosh, what if that phone was never deactivated? Because you know, my brother took care of it. You never know. Yeah, and right. I would hear his voice. I would just fall to pieces. So I was bracing myself. And in some ways I was quite thankful. In other ways, I was disappointed that the, of course, the phone had been taken down, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, And then I had a case of a client, a little boy who was not doing well at all. And it was just another hit for this little person. And three things hit me very deeply all in one day. And I don't know if it was just the alignment of my thinking, but boy, it really got to me. 
And normally, I mean, I listen to sad stories all day long. But they don't, don't make me sad. I don't, don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, I always wondered if I would be able to do this too when I first started studying homeopathy to become a homeopath, which was not actually my intention originally. But this is what I've done. I've parsed it out. Now, this particular circumstance, I went into a depression with these three events. And the first one, of course, being my friend. And my husband said, oh, for crying out loud, Joe, just take <laughs> Aurum Metallicum 200. That's Aurum Metallicum 200, folks. Now, my husband is not a studied homeopath, but what he is is he studied me and <laughs> has helped me in the past. And Aurum Metallicum has helped me in the past. Sometimes it has not, but it has done a lot of good work. So let's stop just for a minute, Joette, because people might wonder, how do I know when I need Aurum Metallicum versus okay. Ignatia? Because, Why did you say that? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were going to stop the recording. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I didn't mean stop the podcast. I actually meant let's stop and figure out, you said using Aurum Metallicum, but I know you also talk about using Ignatia 200. So how do we differentiate when to use the Aurum versus the Ignatia when we're sad? So let's maybe talk about me for a second. <laughs> let's uh, talk why about not? <laughs> why should it be about me? <laughs> why shouldn't this podcast be about me? Right. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is helpful because for instance, I'm a caregiver right now. I'm overwhelmed with the daily struggles of caring for my mom and trying to balance my children and work and so many things and dealing with the emotions, the ups and downs of my mom every day. And I think this is maybe a good example. How do we know when to use sepia, ignatia, or a metallicum? What's the difference? Well, those differentiations between remedies is a study in itself, but let me see if I can distill it down pretty easily. The first thought my husband had when I said, I just want to go away. I just want to go. I mean, not far away to an island. I mm -hmm. just want to go with my father and be with Jesus. You know, I mean, that's the way I was thinking. I just, I want to end it all. I just don't want to be here anymore. It's too painful, too much suffering. My friend is now going to suffer. I just can't take it. Mm -hmm. And first he said, maybe you should take Ignatia. And then when I started to talk like that, he said, oh, no, 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 no. This is Orem. <laughs> and so what's the differentiation? Ignatia is... And you don't hold me to it 100%, but generally speaking, Ignatia is certainly being overwhelmed with duties, um, feeling a little skitterish. Emotions can be all over the place. Laugh one minute, cry the next. Doesn't have to be there. None of these aspects of Ignatia must be there. But these are little characteristics that can help you determine whether or not it could be a good remedy for you. It's anxiety. There's a lot of fears. I didn't have that. I had downright frank depression. And it came on pretty quickly. It came on one day. Maybe it was two days after I learned about my friend. And it was wanting to die. Now, our metallicum has suicidal thoughts. Now, I didn't actually have suicidal thoughts. I wasn't going that far. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I didn't want to be here anymore for that day and a half, two days. Ignatia is different than that. Ignatia is lots of anxiety and fear and some depression. But they don't think like that generally. Those who need it don't think that way. So getting back to Orm so that I can give you an example, I took a dose of it and he was absolutely right. Within a couple of hours, I could feel it lifting. It's not as though I felt anything different. It's that I was going back to myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to 
say, well, I didn't feel anything dramatic. Well, are you still depressed? No. You still want to go to the other side? No. Okay, then I guess it worked. Yeah, I guess it did. You know, I have to say, you suggested that I take Aura Metallicum not long ago, and I did. And I have the same experience where before I had a thought of just driving my car off into the sunset, you know, I just want to be in heaven and it's hard. This life is hard. And again, I'm like you, I didn't have any suicidal thoughts per se, but it's just the feeling of this is too overwhelming. This is too much. And I took the Aura Metallicum and then it made it so much easier to deal with coming and watching my mom suffering and dealing with the everyday life. I didn't have that feeling of overwhelmed. My feeling was I can do this. It's going to be okay. It's the absence of symptoms that leads you to know that you've chosen the correct medicine. Mm -hmm. It's the absence. Don't expect to be high and feel like you just smoked a joint or something. (laughs) (laughs) For those potheads out there who I'm shaking a finger at, by the way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) So I don't let the sufferings of my clients, most of whom I've gotten to know quite well. And I very much like, in fact, I could say I even love them. I have great relationship with my clients and I feel close to them. They've allowed me into their world. They hand me their pearls of wisdom. They teach me what I need to learn too, in terms of what life is really about and how to take life. So I could easily go down and fall apart every time I hear a sad story from one of them. But if I do that, I'm useless to them. And that's not my girding, although that is valuable. My real girding is I am there to discover the answer, the right medicines what potency, what frequency, for how long to use it, to give them some encouragement if I can. That's my job. My job is as a detective. Mm -hmm. What's the remedy? So my focus is so myopic that I don't allow the emotions to get in the way. Now, if I did, I guarantee I'd be useless to them and to myself and to my family. So I don't allow that to happen. In spite of the fact that this friend of mine is going to be working with me, once I start working with her and I come up with the medicines that need to be used for her, I will be able to put up a scrim. That's the best way to put it. It's kind of like a scrim on the stage where you see them, but there's a little protection, a gentle diaphanous film between them and me that protect me from going down the sad road with them so that I can gird them up and hold them in place. And the homeopathic remedies like Aura Metallicum help us to do that. They do. And then I will also say that Aura Metallicum stopped working for me after a couple days. I could feel it coming on again. So I took another dose. It didn't stop working. I felt as though it just needed another hit, so to speak. I took it and I did not see improvement. And that's when I decided, for me, I decided to use Serinum. That's spelled P-S-O-R-I-N-U-M, Serinum 200. Now, that's not one of our main medicines in our protocol for depression. It's a tertiary medicine for depression. But the reason that I chose it, and I'll tell you why, for those of you who want to read up on this, and I urge you to do so, 
So Rhinum is for an underlying sadness that feels as though life is not worth it. It's like being like Eeyore. And there are often skin issues. And just around the same time, I got a little patch of eczema under my left eye. And it's gotten swollen and itchy. And I haven't had eczema since I was 13. So in some ways, I guess I'm grateful because it means that perhaps I'm cleaning something out. Who knows? I don't Mm. try to figure that kind of stuff out necessarily. So that was itchy. And then I was feeling itchy all over my ears and my scalp. There were no eruptions. I just felt itchy all over. I said, oh, for goodness sakes, it's got to be serinum. So I took it and I have felt much better since that time. I feel just more like myself. So you took serinum because there was a complete picture. It wasn't just the emotions. It was other things. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly why I chose it. I didn't just say, oh, Orum Metallicum didn't act because what I could have used was Orum Metallicum 200 every other day and Coffea 200 twice a day. That's a great combination for depression. But I was so itchy and I've had that experience of itchiness throughout my life here and there. And I know through experience that serinum has often helped. So that's what I took. So I talk to people in the study groups that I lead and I tell them to be very careful with the nozodes and serinum is considered a nozode because it is made from a disease. Yes, it's made from scabies. So if we're going to use a nozode, we have to really know that that is the correct remedy and we have to know what we're doing. Well, the reason I'm giving you this story is because I want to be able to express that as well. I don't believe nosodes are any more dangerous necessarily or safe necessarily than any other homeopathic medicine. But when it comes to stepping outside of a protocol, now we need to be a little more cautionary. Just because. And what I mean by that is, People say homeopathy is perfectly safe. I don't believe it is. I think it's relatively safe. You can cause some trouble with homeopathy if you use it willy-nilly, if you don't follow the rules properly. And one of the rules is make sure that you've got your diagnosis Mm -hmm. correct. Right. When you're using the protocols, you need a diagnosis. Now, sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean going to the doctor. No, I didn't go to the doctor. And at first, I didn't know what was happening to me. And that's why my husband had to chime in. And which is, by the way, parenthetically, something everyone ought to know is that their spouses ought to know the medicines that work for them, especially those that are psychological medicines for them. Because when you're sick, your brain turns to mush. <laughs> if it's an emotional discord. Yes. I would not have been able to think of it. I didn't know what to do. All I felt was this deep sadness and I couldn't think straight. And not only when you're sick, but when someone that you dearly love, like a child is sick, your brain can also turn to mush because all you feel is that empathy. It's hard to get past that. I have people say to me oftentimes, I feel so sad for my child. And I want to say, sometimes I do, depending on the circumstance, if it's on my blog, then I might not go this far. But certainly when it's a client, I would say, don't feel sad for your child. Feel determined for your child feel ready, willing, and capable of learning what to do to take care of your child. Because if you allow yourself sadness, you're going nowhere fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how we started out this conversation. I was saying how I felt so bad for my mom 
because I didn't know how to help her. We have trouble communicating with her. And <laughs> you stopped me and you said, nope, you can't go down that road. You have to take a step back and take the remedies that you need and then try to be analytical because it's going to destroy you if you go down that road. Well, I know I'm going to turn some people off by saying this, but you have to be more like a man. I'm serious. You have to put the emotions aside and take the task at hand seriously. That's a very masculine way of thinking. And I've learned a lot from my husband because that's the way he is. When his parents passed away, he grieved. But when it was done, it was done for goodness sakes. I'm still carrying on about my father. It's been a year and a half. Hello, Joette. Get a grip. I mean, really? It's time to, I mean, I think I have moved on, but there are those moments that comes back and it hits me. And it's always when I feel weakened by other bad news. Mm -hmm. But this does not affect my husband. It doesn't seem to affect my sons, these kinds of things. I observe it all the time. It didn't affect my father. I don't see it affect, well, maybe my brother. (laughs) (laughs) But I observe the differences between men and women because I love them and I celebrate them. And I want to learn from my partner. And I've learned a lot from him because of that. He's very sturdy and I need to remain sturdy too. Okay, so let's get back to knowing the difference between the Orem and the Ignatia and Sepia because those can all be used for that overwhelmed emotional state. Okay. So Ormetallicum takes on responsibilities. People who need Ormetallicum are often the responsible ones in society who take on everything that they come across and they take it on with a plum. They go all the way. Look at what you're going through right now. You don't just visit your mother. You would live there. You only go to bed late at night to your own bed and then start again first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. We're doing this podcast from your mother's room for goodness sake. <laughs> I know what that rehabilitation center looks like because you and I have met a number of times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can use Ormetallicum and then a couple of days later you might need Ignatia. And then sepia is very specific. It's very female, hormonal, and it is often for a middle-aged woman or a woman who's had children. But Ignatia has a lump in the throat. They start pulling their hair out a little bit. They start picking at their skin. They start doing things that are central nervous system oriented too. Ignatia can often present with trichotillomania. Trichotillomania. It's a long what word. What is just Yeah, yeah. What, what is, is that? <laughs> it's a hair pulling disorder. It's a central nervous system response that results in an urge to pull out hair, whether it's eyelashes, eyebrows, hair from the head, on the arms, wherever it might be. That is what can happen with Ignatia. But we can also see a lump in the throat, a chronic little nervous cough I've seen in people, ailments from grief, all of that. Now, when I talk about my father, is it an ailment from grief? Well, yes, but that's way further back. When I was describing to you was, bam, 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 three hits, three big emotional hits that hit hard, which shouldn't have, but did. So the sadness of my friend, her suffering, I wasn't grieving necessarily. The thought that I'd missed my father and then this child who was suffering. Is it grief? Well, there's grief somewhere in there, but what was the hierarchy of symptoms was this overwhelming depression. And I just wanted to go to the next life. 
So that's how you differentiate. You have to figure out which is saying, because some people say, well, it is from grief too. No, 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 don't go there. Go with what is presenting most overtly. So also another clue that you might need, Ignatia, is that sighing, right, Joette? The, someone yes. who does that, that's yes. an Ignatia thing. Yes. And mm -hmm. sobbing, alternating with laughing or mm -hmm. feeling easily offended. Someone says something that's perfectly normal and you see it as the complete opposite. Oh my gosh, you must mean, you are, you must be prejudiced. You must be a white supremacist. <laughs> right out loud, get a grip. <laughs> just said, let's put up a fence. <laughs> the whole world needs Ignatia, I think. All he's saying is, we're getting politically. We just need to kind of get a grip on our borders. That's all we're saying here. But everybody's saying, oh, he must mean he hates Mexicans and South Americans. Really? Is that how far you're going to pull this apart? <laughs> when we see life that painfully and we feel so victimized, then that is Ignatia. Okay. And when we talk about Ignatia, I always talk about it in a 200C, mm -hmm. twice daily. Twice daily, every day, twice a day, morning, night, morning, night, morning, night, until it's over with. When it's over with, you stop. When you feel better, then you put an end to the use of it. When it comes back, and it likely will, because if someone has that strong feeling, they have a propensity for it. It will come back. And of course, as I said, when we started life's a tragedy, so it is going to come back at some point. So you take it again. Even if it's a week later or a year later, you just start it again. Now you know what medicine works for you. Mm -hmm. And how about the Aura Metallicum? How often to take that? Aura Metallicum we like to use only in a 200C every other day. Okay. And Aura Metallicum, here's something that's valuable. Not always, but has an accompanying, not always, remember this folks, because everyone thinks they have to line up all the symptoms and they all have to be perfect in order to use one medicine or another. There can be fatigue chronic fatigue. Mm. But the fatigue is just, it's again, part of the central nervous system is my guess. That's the way I see it. Mm. And it's great for men, that ormetallicum. It's a wonderful boost for men's low testosterone, low sperm count, um, men who can't perform sexually anymore or are having difficulty with that. They have so much responsibility, but they're stoic. And they hold up because they know they should do the right thing because that's the way Ormetallicum people are, generally speaking, those people who need it. They're stoic. They just keep trudging through in spite of how hard it is. So Ormetallicum, not always, again, Ormetallicum is more often a little more masculine. We think about that a little bit more for men. And Ignatia is a little bit more feminine. Ignatia has... I know this is going to anger people, some women, but I'm sorry, there's hysteria with Ignatia sometimes. They're bouncing all over the place, bitty beep, bitty bop, bitty boop. They're all over the emotional <laughs> spectrum. I'm crying, I'm laughing, I'm hysterical, I take everything in bad turn, I'm freaking every time you say something, what did you really mean by that? I know what you meant, Ignatia. And or Metallicum is that type A personality where I'm going to get it done. I'm responsible. I'm going to be there. I have the weight of the world on my shoulders and I can do it. That's right. But they're tired doing it. <laughs> but they can be tired and it can drain them hormonally for men. Okay. So our emotional roller coaster is going to come to an end because we all know what to do to help us. So 
Aura Metallicum, Ignatia, Caffea, and for those women who are in their earlier years of having young children, then that's a sepia possibly thing as well. Joette, you mentioned Caffea when you were talking about Aura Metallicum and how those two can be used together. Can you elaborate on that a little? Sure. I used Aura Metallicum by itself. I could have used Caffea 200. I suppose, actually, now that I think about it, I could have added that in instead of going to the serinum, but the serinum was so compelling because of the itchiness in my skin. But had I not had that skin irritation, I might have stayed with Ormetallicum 200 every other day and added Coffea 200, as I said earlier, twice daily, particularly if I was having difficulty sleeping Mm -hmm. or if I would fall asleep and then wake up. And I hear this often from folks. I fall asleep and then I almost startle. I wake up. And my mind starts going, that's coffee at 200. Just like when someone is drunk too much coffee, which parenthetically, let me mention, if you're drinking coffee and that happens to you, stop the substance, stop the coffee. I mean, really, that's just kind of logical. Or you don't have to stop it abruptly. You can just cut back by half or something or drink it only in the morning. But I also will tell you that when people drink coffee in the morning, they think, oh, that'll never affect me at night. Really? You don't think that if you take a drug at six in the morning, that that won't affect your sleep at 10 o'clock that night? Absolutely it will. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't coffee do that? Coffee is a substance. It's caffeine and it's strong. And people drink a lot of it and they usually drink it quite strong. And they think that they could drink it like they were in college. And sorry, you can't do anything like you can when you're (laughs) in college. That's the truth. I mean, I used to eat a lot of chocolate and be able to get away with it. I used to be able to drink coffee all day long and never give it a thought. I used to be able to stay up till three in the morning and party and all. I did all. I used to drink alcohol and I never had any trouble at all. Well, if I did any of those, even in (laughs) small amounts, I would be paying for it. Well, Joette, I think you've given us a lot of clarity on how to use these medicines. And so thank you for helping me and so many people who are probably going to go right now to their homeopathy cabinet and pull out that Aura Metallicum or Ignatia or something. Kate, allow me to wrap this up by saying our very core is shaped by the adversities that we endure. There's no doubt about the fact that life is difficult. And as we march through time, the more that we can overcome, the more it shapes our character. And so don't worry about adversities piling up too much. They're going to. Just learn how to deal with them the best you can in a pragmatic way, if possible. If not, make it philosophical and say, oh well, onward. I feel like I should be encouraged, but I'm more discouraged than ever now. (laughs) Thanks a lot, (laughs) Joe. No, thank you for sharing. But honestly, life is hard. And yeah, we just have to trudge on, like you said. Well, let it run off your back like a duck. Imagine that, really, truly. Put that image in your mind. The duck goes down in the water, comes up, and the water just rolls right off his back. And that is the way you want to see life. Otherwise, we will accumulate all the sufferings and all the tragedies. And and it will just keep going. Mm -hmm. And cling to your faith. It's very important, folks. Yeah. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joe at Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit in your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.